you're listening to Since You Didn't Ask, where Matthew and Andrew answer questions you may not be asking, but might be helpful to answer. Questions about life answered through a biblical lens. Welcome to Since You Didn't Ask. I'm Matthew, and I am here again with Andrew. And our question for this episode, Andrew, is... Should every Christian be able to theologically defend their faith? Or another way to put this would be, is there a biblical mandate or expectation that every Christian um, be able to answer apologetically-oriented questions? Um, or for those who aren't familiar with even what that means, uh, should Christians be able to make theological arguments to say, this is why I believe what I believe? So. Um, there's a lot of ways that we could go with that, but maybe I'll just let you give your initial thoughts in response. Yeah. Um, I think before I even give a direct answer, maybe to just read, there's a, a passage that you and I mentioned in a passage that kind of gets thrown around a lot. Um, it's in first Peter chapter three and he's talking about suffering and he says, but even if you should suffer for righteousness sake, you will be blessed. Have no fear of them, nor be troubled, but in your hearts, honor Christ, the Lord is holy. And here's that, the phrase that comes up, always being prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks you for a reason, the hope for, um, asks you for a reason for the hope that is in you yet do it with gentleness and respect, having a good conscience. Um, so I think that might be some of the phrasing that jumps to people's minds or that people will go to to say, see, um, you need to be prepared to have an answer. Um, my, my really short answer on this one is no. I don't think that every Christian is called to the same, um, to be able to articulate their defense of the faith in the same way. Um, so you can. So, yeah. So the bad news on this is. Uh, <laughs> I knew it. <laughs> yeah, we, we, we agree. Um, but uh, let's maybe first acknowledge, and I don't know if this supports or hurts our, our point on this, but we'll, we'll have to unpack the reason why your answer is no, my answer mm -hmm. is no. Mm -hmm. um, but we would both be inclined and have a bent towards wanting to have theological discussion, enjoying the, the theological um, uh, intricacies and making a defense of why we believe we believe we, we both have inclinations in that way. I think that's a fair thing to say. Kind of. I'm a bit weird in this. I love talking about the Bible. I love talking about theology. I don't love like arguing and defending the okay. faith necessarily. Okay. Just right. interesting. I think sometimes people yeah. assume that yeah. like, if you're nerdy, then you also like, <laughs> I, <don't know>. is <laughs> nerdy. <laughs> I, I uh, would assume people might file me that way. Yeah. Um, no, that's a good, good distinction. It, like, uh, but you do enjoy and appreciate and highly value a theological discussion. Yeah, yeah totally. Yeah. Um, and so kind of what's behind this question is, should every Christian be able to operate at a, at, at a theological level that, that offers a defense? Um, and both of us, again, have kind of that inclination towards that, but um, there's lots of people in the world. I hate to break it to Andrew that are not like me or not like you. They just right. are wired differently. They are better at things that we're not good at and have different gifting and, and so forth. Um, so this, this wording in this, uh, in this verse, always being prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks you for a reason for the hope that is in you. 
to make a defense, this is where the word apologetics comes from, right? right. Yeah. Um, which li- the uh, apologetics just means to make a defense for something that, that you believe or that you hold to. Um, so what is this, this defense that, that Peter is getting at then? If the, so the argument would be, the argument would be, um, look, this is a command. Every Christian should always be prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks for the reason for the hope that is in you. So, so Christian, you must be prepared to give an argumentative defense, a theological defense for why you believe the gospel. Um, that's what, that's what many would say and that many would argue in that. Um, how would you respond in the context of, of this passage? Yeah. Um, I think there's two things like you just hinted at the context of the passage, but then even tying it back, um, sort of into the great commission. So starting with the passage itself, um, verse 13 in this passage says, who is there to harm you if you are zealous for what is good, but even if you should suffer for righteousness sake, you'll be blessed. So the whole context is that the people Peter's writing to are suffering persecution. And as that's happening in theory, People are going to ask them, why do you, and this happened across history all the time, why are you singing songs while you go to get burned at the stake? Why are you, you know, you, you got to give a reason for this. Um, and so I think the call one is in the context of suffering. The call two is in the context of, um, let me see if I can find it here, to anyone who asks you. Um, so there is sort of the you are being prompted and asked about it. It's not that necessarily you're, you're going out or every Christian is going out and doing this. Um, and then the third kind of level here is, so the word that is translated in this section, um, how do they translate it? Give a, to make a defense. It's the same root as back in Romans when it says that they are without excuse. They have no answer, but you are to have an answer. Um, and so I, I would just see that as there's varying, like you said earlier, there's varying levels of articulation that different people can have where one person might be able to say, I'm able to sing songs on my way to the gallows because Jesus loves me. Jesus died for me. And another person might be able to write a 5,000 page, you know, explanation of every intricacy. And I just think that's okay within the body to have different giftings and um, personalities and all that. Yeah. I would even argue that the singing is part of the defense. Yeah. In yeah. that, in that example. Yeah. Um, because you, you continue on in this passage, it says, um, having a good conscience so that when you are slandered, when you are wronged, when you are harmed, those who re- revile your good behavior in Christ may be put to shame. Um, when you have a joy that supersedes your circumstances, that's an answer. And now, now when they ask you, how can you have this joy? I think a perfectly legitimate answer for the reason for the hope that is in you is Jesus is better. I get to spend eternity with Jesus. Right. I, I trust that God's promises are true. And the orientation of my life, my behavior, my attitude, my response is consistent with that prioritization. And that's, I think the, the context of this passage is that's really the defense that it's talking about. It's not talking about mm-hmm. specifically making a theological argument. Now, I think that falls into that range. And so your point that um, there are different ways that different people might do that. And 
I think is absolutely right. Totally true. And in some contexts that might be right. But if somebody is making a theological argument for the faith and defending the gospel while their life doesn't match up to the gospel at all, they're not making a defense. That's not what this is. This is yeah, not what yeah. this is talking about right. at all. It's it's talking about have no fear. It's your attitude. Do not be troubled. In your hearts, honor Christ the Lord as holy. If set apart, Jesus is set apart. He is better. Um, that you have a good conscience, that there isn't a disparity between what you say and how you have lived, um, that you're, you have good behavior and your good behavior puts them to shame. All of this is speaking to like, are you living in a way that really does show that Jesus is better? And are you willing to and able to say that? Yeah. Um, and that my hope is totally in him. My, my future is in him. Um, for the sufferings of this present time are not worth being compared to the glory that is to come. And I am basing everything on that. Um, that's a defense. Yeah. And I think, um, honestly, as much as I might want to make a presuppositional argument for why the Bible must be true and therefore God is real and Jesus is our only hope, or I might even want to make an evidential mm -hmm. argument or a philosophical argument, I would love all those things, but none of them compare to just a rock solid proclamation that Jesus is better and I live for him. Right. Well, and to tie it, um, I'm not sure if you mentioned this, but to tie it to the wording of the actual verse, the, the answer or the defense is, is concerning the hope in you, not a contention for the faith or for the, which is usually like kind of the content of what we believe. It's the hope. Like, why are you joyful? Why are you? And so it's much less of like you were saying, it's much less of a theological reasoning there than it is a, um, an explanation of why you can have hope in light of suffering. We can't go to other passages. So like Jude talks about contending for the faith. Um, but even there, if, if I'm, if my memory is serving me right, you have Jude writing about contending for, well, so here, um, let me he, just go. I, I have it here. He yeah, says, if you've got it up. he says, I was very, verse three, I was very eager to write to you about our common salvation. Um, I found it necessary to write appealing to you to contend for the faith that was once for all delivered to the saints. And then he goes on and he says, why? For certain people have crept in unnoticed too long ago were designated for this condemnation. Um, ungodly people who pervert uh, the grace of our God into sensuality and deny our only master and Lord Jesus Christ. Um, so I don't mean to cut you off, but the, no, no. The, the argument on this that Jude is really making is it's, it's coming into those that are preaching a false gospel mm -hmm. and are denying Jesus. And the defense, the contention is Jesus. Again, I'm just going to put it that simple is Jesus is better. He's my only hope. Yep. He's everything. And, um, and so somebody who, to be a Christian, we, we should, we should back up to be a Christian. There is content that has to be understood this. It is not only an emotional response. In fact, it is an emotional response to content. Um, and, and a response of the will to content. So there is an, an intellectual component that we do have to understand the, the basics of the gospel at the very least. And so um, for the Christian who understands that, when somebody's calling into question the very gospel itself, this is not a complicated thing to say, no, Jesus right. is God in the flesh. Um, now, to be able to go in and to explain that in... John 1, 1, when it says in the beginning was the word and the word is with God and the word was a God, the Jehovah's Witnesses say, and then to be able to respond back and the whole thing that when you have a definite predicate nominative that comes before a verb, there's an implied definite article. And so that 
it actually is talking about the God. Like if somebody was to argue that every Christian should be able to explain that, then that that's ludicrous. That's silly. Yeah. Yeah. It's just a, a, a matter of saying, no, I know that, I know that, that Jesus is, is God. Well, and that, that puts a weight on people that ought not be there. Yeah. You know? Um, yeah, I would, I would just come back to what's more important than being able to make and to articulate that theological argument that goes beyond the gospel itself. Um, what, what's even more important is a genuine love for the Lord and desire to live totally for him. And that is the greatest contending for the faith. That is the greatest um, defense of the faith. And none of this that we're saying lets anybody off the hook to say, now don't read your Bible or don't study to understand right. it better. Right. Um, but there's a difference between saying, I want to read the Bible. I want to study to understand it because I'm the sheep and I want to hear the shepherd's voice and to know what he says and, and be prepared where I can um, to help other people. But um, that's a world of difference from saying you have to have all of this theological training to, to be a good Christian. And I would say um, to, I'm curious in my experience, and I think there's biblical backing for this as well, that um, the power of the people in the church, and I'll explain what I mean by that, is way more than the apologetic arguments. Like the people that I've seen who've come to the Lord and come to saving faith, it was the joyfulness and the kindness and the love between the people in the church that drew them in. And it's almost as though in, in many ways, the apologetics are for like filling concrete into your faith after you believe. Um, I, I know it works different for each person yeah, and, yeah. and there's a need for us to publicly give a defense that, that, you know, some people are able to do that and it's great. It's wonderful. But practically um, the, the witness to the truth that is the most effective and that God uses the most is usually very, very, very low on the like theological articulation scale and much more in terms of loving one another, caring for one another. Those yeah. are the things that really um, yeah. powerfully convert people. And, and I would agree with you that the apologetic arguments are often healthier and better for the one who already believes. Right. Um, I already kind of referenced this, but this idea of the sheep hear the voice of the shepherd, when you hear the truth proclaimed and explained and, and presented in ways that you understand at a greater level or a deeper, deeper level, level, um, the sheep respond joyfully to that. There's something that just, that, that is good for the soul. And so, um, I have listened to hours and hours, hundreds of hours <laughs> of theological debates. Um, and have been fed really well in that, um, but not so that I could go out and win arguments, but so that my own soul is, is fed in an understanding, um, the consistency of God's word and, and the power of it in every direction. Yeah. The only thing I would say to end it, and then you can add whatever you want is just, if you are one of those that does have a bent towards articulation of the faith and you like this kind of stuff, it's not a bad thing. No. Right. Like, like go for it. Um, just, just for most of us, that's not going to be the calling to be publicly giving a defense. But, um, if you're wired that way, we need people, not just theologians, but people in the sciences and other places who can say, look, all of creation points to the creator and, and here's a defense. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I know you didn't mean this, but just to clarify what you just said, we are all called to publicly give a defense, but not necessarily theologically. Not and I, in, I, I yeah, know yeah, it's what you, yeah, what yeah. you mean. I, um, <laughs> Thank you. But 
but by our actions, by our devotion, by our, um, by how we make Jesus look, um, look like he is the treasure of our lives. That is a public defense. And I, uh, that's what I want to underline. Um, and that's different than making a theological presentation. So, well, I hope that that was helpful and, uh, I think we can go ahead and wrap it up there. Yeah. Sounds great. Thank you for listening and we'll catch you on the next episode. These are scary.